It's on, it's on. It's on! Oh, sorry. Not high? You don't want me to be loud? Uh, I think we've got a noise gate on you. We usually keep one on you. you know, noise gate? Do you gate? know what a noise gate is? It will not allow you to get past a certain decibel. Oh. So in other words, if you hit that decibel and want to go past it, it puts a gate up oh. so you can't get through. I don't like to be gated. <laughs> All right. We are working on the first podcast that just the two of us have been on in a really, really long time. Just the two of us. <laughs> We can make it if we try, just the two of us, you and I. I got music in my bones. <laughs> All right, what are we talking about here? Just the two of us. Just the two of us. Well, you know, something recently has uh, changed in our lives. So we are now running, dun, dun, dun. running our own production company. And I'm no longer teaching and Denise is doing all of the, uh, she's the CEO and I am the, uh, what would you call me? You're the creative director. Oh, oh, there is a title for what I, for what I do. Well, yeah. I feel like it's beyond that, but yes. So technically you're not a creative moonlighter. I mean, you are because you still spend yeah. many hours working late nights. So I guess you are, but. The one part that is different is now you are full-time yes. creative director. I'm creative <laughs> daylighter and moonlighter Yeah, now. daylighter and moonlighter. Yeah. Yes. So, um, but, you know, we, we finished our website. We're still, te technically, we've got a lot of work still to do on all of the stuff. But um, Yeah, check out the website, griffincoproductions.com. And it's spelled... G-R-I-F-F-Y-N-C-O. You can spell productions.com. <laughs> so, I, you know, putting it on there, one of the things that we kind of put at the front was keep it simple, tell your story. And I was kind of thinking the other day, I mean, I think I, I, I feel like when I put that in there, I knew what it meant, but I kind of just wanted to talk about it because eventually we're going to have to do a lot of the stuff that we end up doing is sort of uh, hero pieces or branding pieces or content marketing pieces for for businesses that have, um, I don't know, they have a brand or they have a, uh, a mantra or a, you know, a sort of a business, uh, angle. I don't know what else, to, what else to call it, but usually our job is to try to help them convey that through film or through some cinematic video. And when I put, keep it simple, tell your story for our mantra, I wanted to try to see if I could put a finger on what that really means. So that's today. So I will add to that. Um, when I was practicing yoga often, um, we had our, my yoga teacher, Mary Richardson on, uh, I can't remember what number, yes, yes, wow, a, yeah. a previous episode. And one of the things I loved about the way she would end class was, or begin class, begin and or end class was she would have us try to distill emotions or aspirations into a single word. Yeah. So the more that you could capture what you were trying to embody into simpler and simpler and simpler to where you got to one word, then it often brought 
for for this case, it was always seeming to aim towards peace. Like okay. that was at the yoga practice. Oftentimes, the word she would she would narrow it down to would be peace. Yeah, yeah. And so, what I like about these simple phrases of keep it simple, tell your story. I know there's a lot more behind it. Yeah. But I think that's the thing is um, the more simple we can make a process, the more simple we can convey a feeling or an idea um, through story is a little bit of behind what that meaning is. Yeah. And I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to feel too fraudulent because I know that is absolutely, I'm always, I feel like I'm always going, Hey, keep it simple. Keep it simple. I feel like I'm always having to say that. I say it to others, but I'm mostly always saying it to myself. Um, but ironically, the hard part is, is a lot of times things get complicated in a real hurry. And complicated is different from complex in my mind. Complex is good. Complex is like depth. <laughs> but complicated is just like a nuisance. It's it's not, it, you know, it's a hassle. And so, and if you... If you can avoid, I feel like, especially with film, because there's so many moving parts, if you can avoid complicating things, at least unnecessarily complicating things, then you've done yourself a pretty good service and put yourself in a decent spot to succeed. Um, doesn't necessarily mean you will. Doesn't necessarily mean the shoot's going to go great. It just means that you're you're set up for a, a decent start. And that that is... But it's so hard because anymore, you know, there's a big discrepancy. You, you watch YouTube, you know, it's weird to think that we watch YouTube so often to like, you know, DIY everything and it works. It's great. It's a great tool. Um, but it's a bunch of DIYers teaching people who want to DIY and they all use this word like they use words like professional. You want to do you want to be professional. And it really got me thinking about what the hell is professional? What does that even mean anyway? Like what would be, what's professional to you? If, if somebody says you want it, you want it to be professional, what does that mean? Well, what do you mean? What, when you're asking what does professional, are you talking about a person? Are you talking oh, about yeah. a description? I, what do you I mean? I mean like, like, okay, like say, well, I guess in the context I'm using it, it's like if you make a movie or if you make a video for somebody uh, or if you make a video, any, 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 whatever, they, they'll use the word, it, it needs to be professional. And I'm still trying to figure out what that actually, what they, what they're referring, do they mean that like, there's a, there's a professional standard for things, which I, I, I get it. I'm not, I'm not totally ignorant. I get that there's a professional standard for certain things, but the tools we have today are so much better than they've ever been before. Like we bought, we got that new iPhone yeah. and I'm blown a friggin' way with what we can do with a simple phone. Because when I started in this whole mess, you know, even before I bought my first camera, when I first started doing independent film, we're shooting things on mini DV on tape, you know, and it's like, it's so much better. And we could tell stories then. We were able to do things fine then. The tools are better, so the thing should look better. But what's professional, you know? I think professional has a bunch of different contexts. So 
you said the word professional standards. Mm -hmm. I think about... There are those. There are some actual numerical standards that you have to meet with with film, but... Well, I even just think about um, in terms of running a business. So we're running a business. When we are dealing with clients, there should be a level of professionality. Well, um, you mean in the way you deal with people? That should be evident in interactions. And so when we're providing communication via email or we're providing invoices or where we have certain systems that are pretty clear to clients, I think that's a level of professionalism, not professionality. Is that, is that a word? I don't know. You just made it. Okay. Professional professionalism. There should, it should be evident in when you're running a business. Historically speaking, at least in my history, which is not, the oldest. It's getting older though. Um, that was the definition of professional. It's the way that you interact with the people that you're doing business with. It's the way that you interact. You're a professional, right? It's not, did you do all jump through all these hoops that people, cause that's the thing is, and I, and I'm, I've about decided. And I'm so specifically, you're, you're, con- you're saying that in terms of the way you're hearing it on YouTube, they're almost using professional or professionalism in terms of complexity. Yeah. And maybe. Yeah. And maybe, it, maybe it is. And, and then the other thing is, look, if you're a YouTuber, it's entirely possible that you're making a living. If you're making a living, are you a professional? I guess so. Yeah. That's one. I think that's one way of calling yourself a professional, but most. So are the, you getting paid to do I think that's this one craft? That's one way of defining it. Maybe. Another way of defining it is what you said, but, but I think another thing is that there's 90, I don't know, I'm making this number up, but I'm sure it's in the nineties percent, like, like way up there. Most of those YouTubers are not getting paid to do what they do, but they're using this word professional. So they are amateurs using the word professional because they don't want to be caught being amateurs. And that bothers me to no end because they're the ones who are dictating what that word even means anymore. And so that's, I think part of that, my rebellious nature to that kind of shit is where I wanted to use that slogan, keep it simple, tell your story. Because I think at the end of the day, if we're trying to help, I think the story is the most important thing, right? I I was watching the movie Collateral the other day, which is Michael Mann, uh, first, one of the first digital, digitally shot movies. And it was shot all in LA pretty much not that not not like they they lit it with the street lights you know on in the city and it was you they use this digital camera if you watch it especially if you're watching it on a bigger 4k tv you're going to notice all kinds of digital flaws because the it was 2003 or 4 so but does the movie work hell yeah it works it's still a great freaking movie so in my mind professional definitely does not mean Yes, absolutely. Most there's to it to a T. We have tools. We have the ability to use those tools correctly. But I think a lot of people are either selling tools and that's their job, or they are now a product of these big companies that have gotten their marketing out there so well that they the the big companies make you think that you need to have this tool in Mm. order to do this job, Mm -hmm. and it's just. 
maddening because you're constantly and look i'm totally guilty of it i'll sit and look at the new newest camera that came out that's in the same you know the cinema line and i'm going on and on and i'm like what am i nerding out about this for i need to be working on telling the story because even if i know how to shoot the shot what the hell is that going to do me i go out and shoot shots of the street like what am i going to do so keep it simple tell your story and when we work with people i want to be able to offer people that as our differentiation piece that's something we can offer is to sit and listen to them figure out what it is that they're all about distill that use that word distill distill that down to something very specific and simple and then find the most efficient way to tell that story through video or cinema cinematic video hopefully so i came at it in a in a similar way but slightly different okay so my brain is obviously very left brain, right? Yeah. I am, oh, well, left brain, correct? <laughs> yeah. And I think very linearly, you know, I think uh, I like things in uh, order. Yeah. And so when I think about Keep It Simple to help tell a story, I think about, I'll give an example. So this week you had a client who uh, you had shot the footage for. Yeah. And you had requested that she send you the timestamps for the segments that they wanted to piece it together on. So you and I had a conversation about what's the easiest way for that client to communicate yeah. the segments. And did we have a process that was making that easy? And what we'll we say, didn't have what, a what we realized was we didn't. That email back and forth is not the best way yeah. to determine the segments that you well, want. What she was doing, she was. <laughs> I sent her a raw copy of what we shot. We shot an interview. I sent her the whole interview uncut. That's what I mean by raw. So I sent that to her and I just wanted her to have access to the whole thing so that I wasn't cutting things out that she maybe wanted to keep in. And she proceeded- Knowing that the editing, video editing process is so tedious. It you is. have to go all the way through every video, choose where you're going to cut it, move it to a new, you know, timeline and then well, merge and, it and, all. and the, what I've learned from the past is that, you know, if you cut things too soon, they may want to keep it and then you got to go hunt it down and put it back in the right spot. And it's like, you don't want to be putting Humpty Dumpty back together again, you know, just, just send them the thing. And so I sent it to her, but then she, she started writing a transcript of it. She started like word for word typing out what was going on in the interview so that she could edit it down. And I was like, what? Why? <laughs> like I, there's timestamps and I didn't tell her this, but yeah. I just assumed that she would know that all she needed to do was tell me from second 45 to a minute and 22. I don't like that section. Cut it. Or the opposite of that. I love that section. Keep it. And so I just assumed that that was the way that she would do it. And she didn't. And then she got herself upset because she was doing all that crazy work. And I would be upset, too. And she's like, look, I need a transcript if you're going to. And I'm like, I don't do transcripts. This is video. Right. So but we, it was just total miscommunication. Obviously, we came up with a solution. Right. We, we so, said, yeah, that's that's where my brain goes to about keeping it simple was we could have directed her in a way yeah. to a process that got you the information that you needed in a very without, clear without making her bend over backwards. Correct. And, and frankly, as a client, you want to make, or if, if I was the client, I'd want to feel like the person, the business I'm working with made that process so 
clear and easy for me. And so what did we do? You know, we do a lot of our thinking on walks and we reflected on it and we said, you know, we didn't do the best job making that easy on her. Let's try and do that. And so what did we do? We refined what that was. So we created a document that helped her write down clearly what it was. Well, and it was, I mean, me being a more recently former teacher, like it really is crazy that I didn't help her out a little better than that, you know, like, and I was kind of, I was, she sent me kind of a sassy email and I was kind of, I was kind of feeling spicy about it, you know, but, but it was, it, when I really look back on it, it was my fault. It was my job to actually say, this is what I need. Yeah, okay. I have to. I you can have to, you can say all the things you want, but I need it in this format. Right? Yeah, and so we refined that. We sent it over to her. It was an improvement. Even she communicated. Oh, thank goodness, this yeah. makes it a lot easier. And I think the other piece about the keep it simple. So I just said a couple words that I think could summarize. Right. So it's like we reflected, we refined, we improved all with the vein of clarity. Yeah. Like, is the process clear? Did we keep it simple? Did we find a way to communicate in a way that was clear so that the person can tell their story, tell their bottom line, whatever their goal is, did we make it simple? Well, that's, that, that's good to hear. Cause that, and that totally makes sense that there's, there's more to that little mantra than, whatever it was that was going through my head whenever I put it in there. And I think what was, what's always going through my head is this struggle of, of gear. Like if you, you know, I feel like as a filmmaker, you are going to get hung up on gear. There's just kind of no way around it. Like there's, first of all, there's great advertising and branding for all these companies that are constantly one upping each other. It's the same with phones, right? You know, Apple come out with the new, the best new thing and Samsung will do it next, you know, month or whatever. So we're constantly inundated with that. So it's really impossible not to get caught up in it. And if you're kind of like enamored with imagery, you're gonna, you're gonna, but to a certain extent, that's the thing is like, from my angle, it's that keep it simple. I don't need all of this stuff. Like I can't, and I, I don't even know what to do with all that equipment. My house isn't even big enough to hold it all. So I want to be able to, in a perfect world, put everything on my back. Now I'm not there yet. Um, but I think it's also, I mean, it's not only reflective of how we want clients to feel when they work with us, keep it simple, yeah, and they got a chance to tell their story, but it's the way that we choose to live. Well, and back back to that story a second ago, I actually failed at keeping it simple for her because she didn't have any direction. And so she felt like, my God, why is this so complicated? And that was what that email came from, you know? And so, so you're right there's a there's a bigger picture with that mantra that it's not just about the cameras or the gear or the whatever it's about that but it's also about how you handle it's about you know. the process of creation it's about the way the way of working together it's about the way of communicating it's about you know all yeah. of those things together and and it's intentionally vague yeah like keep it simple tell your story yeah because, because you want it, it to apply to so, a lot of things. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and I want it, I want it, I really am, uh, you know, I, I feel like, I, I feel like life feels a lot better whenever I'm sort of playing the minimalist game, you know, when I have too much shit all around me, I just, I can't like, I can't settle in and do my, you know, do what and I need to do. And too many things scheduled. So like, even if we go to yeah. talking about 
keep it simple in regard to scheduling. Yeah. You know, we learned, we went out to California a couple weeks ago and we mashed in multiple trips into one. So I had to go for work to present at a conference. We thought we'd go to LA, set up some meetings actually for the business, but then also meet up with old friends in LA that we haven't seen in over 15 years and then take a little bit of a rest trip and drive up north and go up PCH. And we overcomplicated it just a little because we didn't give ourselves time to just be. Mm. You know, when it was time to rest, we crammed in too much. And so we didn't keep it as simple as we normally do. Mm-hmm. And I think that was just a, a check for our, keep ourselves in check about the way that we're living. Yeah. You yeah. know? Well, and, and, and I, that's, that's true on all of those levels. And I guess, you know, maybe the struggle too, for me lately is just because this is so new. Um, it's a constant and like, I don't, you know, I go back to YouTube or whatever. I, I don't want to hate on YouTube. I use it as much as anyone. I love it. Um, but it is true that most people on YouTube are quote unquote amateurs, which if you're going to question what the word professional means in that sense, then you also need to question what the word amateur means. Because if they're, if they're on there, they're making videos and they're doing a good job of it or they're whatever, you know, um, then they're that the whole YouTube universe has sort of blurred the lines between amateur and, and professional. But I was listening to Rick Rubin the other day on, uh, I guess, yeah, he's on Joe Rogan and, uh, man, he had the best comment about about his journey as a music producer, right? He was producing rap at the earliest days, and um, it was he was not a professional at all. He actually had never produced anything when he made his first. Well, that goes without saying. When he made his first one, he had he had no even contact to the industry. He was just a fan of this club and he'd go to this club and listen to rap music and it was totally underground and wasn't even considered to be music because you couldn't listen to it on the radio. Um, and so I guess that being their definition of professional, if it's not on the radio, it's not professional. So he thought, well, whatever I can go and I can ask somebody if they want to record. And he does. And he makes out, makes a, an album. And then next thing he knows, he's kind of started a label out of his dorm room. And, you know, he's taken mixtapes from people on this kids on the street. One of those kids happened to be L cool J, you know, and that boom, it was just like from there things started. So, but he said he got bored with rap in the, for, in the middle eighties because it kind of just started to all sound the same. And, and that's kind of a bit of the way that I'm feeling about what YouTube has done is because it's so, it's so well connected with each other and, you know, it's impossible not to bump into the same channels, quote unquote, people, whatever. And everything looks the same. It all looks the same. It all looks good. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. It looks great. It's actually the best it's ever looked, but it all looks the same. And so I'm not such a rebellious person that I'm just sitting here stewing about how I, how can I make a, how can I make it look different? But if I ever stumble on a way to make it look different, I'm going to do it. You know what I mean? I haven't figured it out because I don't I don't know enough yet. I'm still learning about that that part of it. So but, what is so with all of this, what does professional mean to you? 
I do, so we get we have a couple of definitions of it. I guess I guess okay. I guess one of them you said was the way you interact with people you're working with, and I think that's true. The other one I said was if you're making money at it. I think that's also true. You can define yourself as a professional if you're making a living at it. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean you're great. It, it just means that you're doing it right. Uh, but I think if you change the course of something, in other words, like I'll give you an example, and it may not it may not matter to you at all, but anybody listening who watches movies knows David Fincher. David Fincher made The Social Network. He made Seven. He made Fight Club. He made all these great movies. There's a look to David Fincher movies, right? There's a look. And that look is on every fucking thing you're going to look at across any genre of Netflix. Sometimes they don't even put it in the in the David Fincher quote unquote genre. Like it's not, it doesn't even, he made it a dark look for a reason because the movies that he was making were dark now they're just putting that look on anything and it's not so it's not original but if you don't know how to shoot like david fincher you're not a professional and so that bothers me because i'm like and and you got kids now who don't even know who he is they're making movies with that coloring they don't even know where it came from so when I think about it, I don't know enough about cameras and I'm not a good enough cinematographer at this point to be able to invent my own thing. I'm still, you know, just doing a, doing a nice good shot is still good for me. Right. But, um, I want to kind of be, and, and I think at this point for filmmakers, you kind of have to be a jack of all trades. You can't most, most of the work seems to be, they want, they don't want to hire 10 people. They want to hire one person who can do a little bit of lighting, can do a little bit of setup, can work with the actors, can do the sound, can shoot the thing and da, 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 all and on and on. And, but if you can do that, you don't have to be the best at any one thing, but you need to be proficient at all of them. Right. And so that really brings on the idea of you have to keep it simple because there's, if, if you, you're one person you got your two hands and your two feet and there's a lot of shit to remember when you're on a set. And if it's just you, if you don't keep it simple, man, you're going to, you're either going to make them wait all day or you're going to mess up. But you, know? you didn't answer my question. Sorry. Did, what was your question? I forgot. What does professional mean? I, oh, I did answer your question. I think if you change, uh, if you change the course of, of an industry or, or an art form, then you're a professional for sure. Like, you know, David Fincher, again, I use that as the example, but I kind of deviated from it. Um, he, yes. cha he changed, he changed, he came up with a look that he uses even to this day, but everybody else is copying it. Right. So he, I would call him the professional and everybody else, the copycats. They're the, they're derivatives, right? That to me, they're like derivative artists. Now, is it bad? If they can still tell a story, feel free to use the David Frencher look. I'll probably use it myself, but you still have, the story is what matters. So that's where the tell your story part of it comes in in mantra. It's like, you know, if, if you can, if you can find a way to make it look good, if you can find a make, way to make it look different, man, you really did something, but just make it look good. It, you don't have to be, you don't have to be hammering on every little thing to ev using every little nerdy tool that they've come out with because they want to sell it to you. Just figure out a process that's simple, that works for you and focus on the story. That's where that slogan came from for me, but I'm learning now talking to you that there's much more to it than just that. I just, I am sitting here contemplating if that's the way I would describe, like you're saying somebody that is changing the field 
Well, maybe that's an artist. Yeah. I don't know but if I, I would I, call him professional. I mean, he is professional. So, Did, so, was he not okay. a professional prior? No, he was. He, so, he, was making a, he was making a living at it. Maybe so that's where that I'm box. hung up. It's not the Whoops. way I would describe professional. So the okay. way you described it was so, not the way I would. Okay. Well, so maybe, maybe I, maybe I need to think about that too. If you change something, maybe you're not a professional. You're more than a professional. You're an artist. You're actually, you, you could have been a professional before that. Yeah. And you, okay, that's fair. So the, even the derivative David Fenchers of the world are professionals. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, yes. But those people are still doing, they're still telling stories. They're still doing, you know, versus like a lot of this YouTube t- tutorial world. Don't, it's really valuable. But I think whenever they beat it into your head that you have to do it a certain way, I think they're kind of killing a, a generation of creativity by doing that in a way. I mean, you want them to teach people to do it right, but there is to a certain degree, it feels very like stringent. It feels like, it feels like you've got a bunch of people walking around going, well, if you don't, if you're not shooting with this and you're not shooting it like that, you know, you're not, you're not doing it right. This is not professional. And that kind of button up shit really doesn't have a place in my world. Like it, it, it irritates me. So I don't know. I don't know. I guess, I guess that's all I really have to say about that. But I mean, I, and really it comes from like me being a kid when I was a kid, my, I had men around me, especially my granddad. They constantly like I was, I loved basketball and I was one of those kids that felt like I needed a pair of Jordans if I was going to be a basketball player. And it took the people around me, the adults around me. Now, I did finally get a pair of Jordans when I was in sixth grade, but I had been playing basketball since the third grade and I was playing in some turn techs and I was playing in Jordash and I was playing in Capo or Capa, whatever it was. Yeah. British Knights. British Knights. I was playing in Converse. And so I was not, I didn't have the coolest, best shoes, but I, I still got good at basketball. And that was constantly what, you know, my granddad was the first to be like, I would tell him, oh, I need this, I need that. He'd look at me and go, what do you need that for? Why? You don't need that. You don't need that. Just do it. Yeah, yeah, which seat goes to the just do it, right? (laughs) So I was going also another direction with the keep it simple. Um, You say oftentimes, like, especially, uh, I, I really loved the process that you used in your most recent short film in, um, which one? Movie? The San Antonio film. Oh, Hero Complex. In Hero Complex. Yeah. Which, is it posted? Can people watch it? Or uh, Not yet, because there's still a couple of festivals oh, yes, that's waiting right. to hear from. But we, I'm going to post it soon enough, because I'm not going to continue working like a festival market with that. Okay. It's, just, it's a short film. It's ready, ready to be done. Yeah. So one of the things that was pretty cool was that you had this idea, a random idea, Um, from a dream that you had and you woke up and you said, I'm just going to go ahead and shoot it. And I'm going to try and do it in as few takes as I can with, I'll just, I'll just act in it. I'll have Ashton help me. Yeah. Shout out to Ashton. He shot most, or he shot all of it pretty much. Yeah. Way to go Ashton. And then he also did the music. Yeah. So you guys kept it to kind of a two man production team. You had, we had our brother-in-law who's a paramedic and firefighter kind of play yeah, a cameo yeah, with yeah. our nephew. But other than that, it was, and our neighbor played dead 
in yeah. one part. But other than that, it was super simple, right? Oh, and then, yeah, that was as simple as it got. And the other piece that I thought was cool was the way you chose to shoot it was there were intentionally long takes, mm. you know? And so... Um, so we wouldn't have to move the camera so that, you know, cause I would at that time, Ashton was still kind of, he, well, he was really just kind of wanting to learn more about the camera. And so I would set up the shot, but he would, you know, monitor it and then monitor the sound. He was doing the Jack of all trades thing while I was in front of the camera. Right. And, uh, and it was just really the two of us most of the nights and it would be middle of the night. And, you know, the story revolves around really one little happening in one night with one person. And so we only needed other people for like one night and right. they weren't, you know, my brother-in-law, thank you so much, Weston and my nephew Owen came up and they were, they were willing to, and my, and my neighbor heart was willing to lay in the street. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, it was just one of those things where I was like, if I set up five shots for this, then they, that's five times the amount of time that art's going to be laying in the street, that West's going to have to drive this car up with these lights on and da, 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 da. Well, we've learned from previous films that we used to film with our family in Corpus for some of those film festivals that if we could have simplified the number of shoots or the number of people or the length of time, mm -hmm. then we could have made a movie faster. I mean, hell, professional actors, there's that word, professional actors don't want to sit forever and wait, but they get paid to do it. Your family who's helping you out with your movie damn sure doesn't want to sit there all night while you tinker around with the camera. So what we did on that, on that particular one was I was like, you know what, I'm going to set up one shot and we're just going to do it all in one take. We'll do it three times and it just better be in there. Yeah. And I think that the, the point I'm getting at is if you keep it simple, there's no excuse for why you shouldn't be creating. Yeah. So part of that is if it's getting in your way of, no, I can't shoot this film until I get this or until I get this piece of equipment or until well, I secure this yes, location or until yes. I get this number of people, you're just delaying the creative well, process. Well, actually, and, and I don't, because I feel like I've, I've, I went off on a little bit of a tangent about YouTubers or whatever. I, I, again, I, I really love th that that exists because it's helped me immensely many times. And I think it's so cool because any creative person can put their stuff out there anytime they want without any permission. They don't need permission. They can do it. And that's the best thing ever. So it really is the greatest, but to your point, I think because of these sort of DIY videos, that's the thing that bothers me the most is that it's I think it makes people think they can't do something until they have the next thing, whatever that next thing is. And there's always going to be that. There's always going to be the next new camera or the next new lens or the next new lighting or whatever the hell. And if you have the, and, and it's so cool because all you have to do is edit it yourself, export it, upload it to YouTube and post it. But I, fe I fear that there are a lot of people that won't go ahead and make a movie. They want to make a movie, but they won't make a movie and do that because yeah. they're afraid they're not doing it, quote unquote, professionally. And that's what, okay, where, that's that's where, where it was my, coming. I was, I was curious about why you were getting really hung up on the word professional there. But it's it because... It just gets used a lot, thrown around a lot. And you feel like sometimes the word professional... Uh, complicate overcomplicates things which which goes against our mantra yeah it, it does overcomplicate things it, it forces you to get things you don't fucking need yeah and okay. and i think that's and in my case you know i guess by my own definition i'm a professional 
but I don't necessarily always feel like that. Like I don't sit around and go, well, I'm a professional. I have to do this. And I don't feel that way. I kind of still feel like I'm just learning something every day. And I'm like, oh, it's still fun because I'm learning something every day. So by that regard, I'm, I'm an amateur, I guess, you know, but I'm getting paid to be. Well, okay. So I go back to my meaning of professional because that's where we started was, and you just saying amateur, which I don't, I don't agree with. Yeah. I think that, but yeah, I think that if you're always trying to continuously improve, which was going back to the, we reflected, we we refined the process, we improved it. Maybe that's professional. That is professional. To me, that's part of, if you think of every company like a Google or especially an Apple or these tech companies that are always trying to improve upon their product, Mm -hmm. it should always be a continuous improvement process because they're getting lots of feedback from users on if it works or if it doesn't work. And they better figure out how to fix it yeah. so that it works in a very easy way that is simple for users. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great, de- I think that's actually the best definition of it is if you're constantly improving yourself and yours and, and, and I don't. Your business, your, your business product, your, your story, your if, story. If, if you're writing a script in the case, in my case, that's a big thing because that's, that takes up a lot of time to sit and bother to write a story in script form. Yeah. If you're, if you're, if you're taking the time to improve that thing and now there comes a point with everything improvement can get called, Oh, we're just improving, improving, improving. But if you're not doing anything like with a script, as an example, if you, if you just write and rewrite and write and rewrite, so you're going to make a career out of writing this script. Well, okay. So what we got to take a step. So my process, what I'm thinking about with continuous improvement is that the the way you continuously improve is by implementing it or by trying it. You got to take so, moving forward. Right. So I'm not just going to say I refined this process and I created a template and never used the template. Yeah, yeah. I can't actually improve upon it if I don't use it. Yeah. So yeah. I think you have to either put put the put the film out there or put the script out there to people to view, to read, to whatever, right, right. or put the process out there so a client can use it. Like yeah, that's, I, that's how you get the feedback to reflect, refine, improve, okay, you know? Okay. Reflect, refine, improve. I like that. Cause yeah, I think that's, and that's it too, is that a lot of times with this camera stuff, it's so easy to get like obsessed about it. It really is. And, and, and I mean, I'm, I'm an obsessive compulsive person anyway, but like if I start seeing stuff, then now all of a sudden I'm spending hours looking at this camera or I'm looking at how to shoot in HLG two and how do I want to color that? And, and, and none of that matters Yeah. until you have something like learn how to do that whenever you actually have the story to tell, because if you don't have a story to tell, it doesn't matter. You're just learning how to do a little card trick and nobody cares. But I, I, I am a firm believer that if when you need to know how to do it, you will figure it out and YouTube will come in handy there because when you need it, you should use it. But if you're just trying to, you know, do all this other stuff and you're not actually doing anything with it, you know, that that's almost the equivalent of like learning how to play guitar and just playing in your closet only forever and ever and ever. Now, if that makes you happy, fine, but I don't think that makes you professional. You know, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, I have my top three. Oh shoot. Okay. Let's do it. All right. So my first about all of this is related to our kind of tagline on our website 
which is keep it simple, tell your story. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that was the the whole conversation was kind of weaving in and out of meanings of that or what it makes us think about. And so I think the first is when we talk about keep it simple, tell your story, we're talking about a process to improve, right? Within mm-hmm. our own, within the the way that we work together as a Griffin Co-Productions team, mm-hmm. it's it's are we keeping it simple so that we're able to improve and make the story for ourselves or for our clients clear? Yeah. So I think that's number one. Yeah. I think that's that's a huge one, especially if you're in business, right? Yeah. I think the second one, uh, keep it simple, tell your story, is a little bit more from the lens of creativity, which you were talking yeah. about and what I heard you say. Story over gadgets. Yeah. It's not about the stuff. It's about the story. Yeah. That's actually what I wrote uh-huh. here. So we just said it in reverse okay. as we always say everything. Yeah. So that was my second one. Oh, I, I, and, I, and I really am. So I've been struggling with this since we started, since I started doing it full time, mm-hmm. because there are days where I literally stop and, I, and I'm on YouTube, but I'm, I'm on YouTube to try to like learn something that I need to learn to do something right now, something I need to do right now. Sure. And I'll, and they always pop up with like videos that you, you, that you'll like, and it's always some camera shit for me and I'll click on them. And pretty soon I'm down a, a hour and a half long YouTube rabbit hole reading or listening about new cameras and I'm listening about whatever, you know, and that's where that word professional started to really like drive me nuts. But, uh, but yeah, that's how that happened. So story over gadgets or how'd you say it? I said, it's not about the stuff. It's about the story. I like that. better. Yeah. So it, it's the same. We're saying the same thing. Yeah. Um, my last one that's, that I heard that's related to keep it simple, tell your story was, um, keep your process simple enough so it doesn't prevent you from doing, from creating. Yeah. So if you're allowing things to, to, if you're waiting for more stuff in order to create how can you simplify the process so yeah. that you can still get your story or your piece of art or your message out there to people? Yeah, and not be afraid to do it because you, you're afraid that you're not a a pro or whatever. Yeah, and going to professionalism, which which or professional, which was kind of the spur of the conversation, was I think about us starting a business about us starting this business for full time and deciding to take the leap. And what we did was we thought, okay, how can we make it as simple as possible so that it's not cumbersome for you to just jump in with both feet and do it full time. And we set up a system where we didn't have a lot of overhead. We didn't make a lot of- Except for the new cameras that I bought. Well, yeah. That's just tools. Yeah, Yeah. buying tools. We didn't make a lot of purchases of unnecessary equipment. If you're running a video production company, you need cameras. So that's a necessity. Yeah, it'd be like being a bricklayer without a, you know, uh, without a a mixer and trial and all that. Exactly. You need those things to actually run the business. But you don't need, you know, some people might jump in if they have a business and go, I need an office. And I need a place because I need to be a professional. I think about that episode on Entourage where Eric, uh, the buddy, decided that if he was going to run his own agency, he needed to have his own office. office. You got to put up the front. But nobody was coming to the office. And he's paying for this office. And so, again, I go back to don't let the stuff prevent you from doing, from creating. Well, and I think that actually could be the inverse or the definition of an amateur 
And definition of an amateur to me is somebody who doesn't do anything. They talk about doing things. Or they want the look. They want to project. They want to project that they can get the look. Or they want to, yeah, they want to protect, they want to have the image. Yeah. That's, that's to me very amateur, right? And easy thing to fall into, uh, especially if, if you're in the arts, you know, it's funny you say that, like, of course, if you're going to be a, a filmmaker, you got to have a camera, right? If you're going to be a carpenter, you got to have a hammer, right? But you don't see carpenters going, man, I got to get the next best hammer, man. Yeah. It's going to be the next best thing. It's coming. I can't wait till April when that hammer comes out. I'm going to be able to, you know, it's ridiculous. Yeah. So just work on your, like, it's yeah. like a Learn baseball. How to hit it without hitting your hand. Yeah. It's like a baseball <laughs> player. That's like, I need a new bat. And it's yeah. like, just work on your swing. Yeah. You don't yeah. need to learn new how to bat. swing the thing. Yeah. 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 And, and so, um, going that, that tells you to go back to the reflect, refine, improve. Right. And make it clear. Right. All right. I think that's a wrap for keeping it simple. All, All right. right. Adios. Oh.